American dream is not dead. Listen to Neil and Jeff share their leadership experiences through a new kind of leadership podcast. This is The American Hustle. I'm leveled up. And this is my world Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever, however you are listening to us. Welcome to The American Hustle where we believe the American dream is not dead. This podcast is about leadership and business through your heart. I'm your host, Neil Simpson. And as usual, joining me, co-hosting, my esteemed colleague. Are you going to continue or do I? I'm going to let you go. Or maybe I'll jump in. I don't know. All right. So I'm the producer, Jeff Schermann. Producer, the Italian stallion. I knew you were going to do it. No, I had So anyways, go ahead and take a moment. Like, subscribe. Give us that five-star rating for a show. Uh, Thank you for those who have. Quite a few of you have already jumped on and done that. Uh, coming up in this episode, we're going to be diving deep into prepare to self-rescue. One of my favorite phrases. And uh, don't miss out on the quote of the week. Uh, absolutely. Make sure you you hang around for that. And I'm just going to I'm going to address two things. One, I am humbled by the phenomenal response from people about this podcast. Oh, it's been great. So thank you, uh, all of you sincerely from from our heart. Uh, if you have, have taken the moment to, to even listen to one episode and now you're jumping into the most recent one or whatever it might be, uh, we appreciate your support, uh, those downloads, the fact that people are reaching out to us and, you know, and, and making, uh, comments, you know, in a personal or or messaging or hitting us up on our text only number. And you too can be part of that conversation. You can text us. On our text-only number, 440-855-2100. And we'll, we'll do that again near the end. And you can be part of the conversation. You know, if you, if you have something you're thinking about or, or something stood out to you in our conversations, you too can join in that and, and shoot us a message. Additionally, we just know how I go. And uh, w- this may be a two-part series prepare to self-rescue. I, I think it's going to end up. Being... We're going to see. We're going to see. And, you know, it was funny. I was I was talking with someone over the weekend and uh, I was sharing just the value of life mantras. So things that little quips um, <clears throat> that we that we can recite over and over again in our right. head. And um, you right as we were hot micing right before the. Uh, you know, for the we started to air here, record here. Uh, you had even mentioned, you know, a number of different, uh, you know, thirteen failures in management, uh, three steps to success here, seven steps to this. You know, those types oh, yeah. of things, right? And and that's just basically a way to quickly identify. Uh, so once I once I'm in a situation, I can quickly identify. You know what tactic, what skill, what, what, you know, part of my brain bank, I'm going to reach into grab an information to then help me overcome that, that next step. Right. And so I was sharing over the weekend that I think a a piece that may have been reasonably unique uh, to my family, to my upbringing was the fact that my parents had these, uh, some people call them cliches. We would refer to them as mantras. And it was just kind of ingrained in us. So like a, a situation would happen at school or in extracurricular activities or within the community. And they would say, you know, 
don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Right. Or don't, you know, if the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. Or whatever it might be. And it was these continued recitations of these mantras. And as an adult, in the process of starting, uh, you know, our, our parent company, prepare to self-rescue was a mantra that I ingrained myself, right? It was, I, I taught myself that one. Um, because honestly, in the first couple years of the business, I, I was grossly underprepared, right? And I believe that somewhere out there through all of these self-help books and business startup books that there was a standardized process to starting a business. Okay. Okay. There's not. It is beyond the Wild West as far as starting your own business and what type of business and what little niche you fall into and the people out there who offer services to assist in that process. They might have a standardized process, but there's not a universally accepted, you know, you do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And of course, that's kind of what we're talking about through this podcast when we talk about entrepreneurship or leadership. Yeah. That that ultimately uh, we're having those conversations to break, <clears throat> excuse me, to break those those barriers to say, you know, nobody has the 100 percent answer to say, this is how you, you know, this is how you start your business. This is how you grow your committee. This is how you take your board of directors and, and lead your organization. There is no 100% correct way. No. And, and if you ask 20 different people that are CEOs of different companies, every single one of them is going to give you a different answer. 100%. And <clears throat> there'll be similarities in the answers. There'll be similarities in the answers. 100, right. And, and ultimately, we can, tie it, we can tie it back into a number of books or speakers or any type of, of folks who have, you know, who have spent some time researching and developing business models. Yeah. But outside of those similarities, there's no standardized process for paving your way to success. Correct. Right. And so the idea is prepare to self-rescue. What does that mean? To me, preparing to self-rescue is the idea that I have to, as a leader, as a decision maker, that I have to have the tools, resources, network, and skill set that will directly benefit our process to achieve our goal. Okay. Okay. So if we are hiking, mm -hmm. we're going for a, a strenuous day hike, then I need to familiarize myself with the terrain. I need to have a map. I need to have communicated to other people where, you know, where I was going. Then ultimately I need to make sure that I pack the appropriate tools or resources that I might need on that trip. Mm -hmm. And then I need to have a contingency plan. And then you actually start the trip, right? So we go back to one of the earlier podcasts. Is we spend a whole lot of time sharpening our axe, right? Yep. To reference that uh, earlier quote that that impacted me so much, right? So we spend a lot of time sharpening our axe, preparing for that strenuous day hike mm -hmm. before we ever even started. Yeah. And then once we're on that path, now that I'm I'm actually hiking it. Now I'm also being conscientious to not expose myself to unnecessary risk, 
but to operate at potential, right? Saying, hey, I set out to accomplish 11 miles today. How am I going to pace myself? What do I need to do? You know, do I do I, I load up on food early in the morning? Do I, you know, do I sit, you know, lackadaisically on this bench, whatever it might be. And then eventually, as I move through this process, I need to be able to identify, you know, whether there's going to be a stressor, whether I need to call it quits, whether I need to pivot and, and step off onto another path. Mm -hmm. But that ultimately, I am not planning that I'm going to have a, a a person. I'm not just like, you know what? I think somebody's going to pick me up on the side of the road. So in other words, <laughs> while you're on this hiking trip, you've made all the preparations so that if something happened that was unexpected, right, you're prepared to, to, to the best of our ability, to the best of your ability, you're prepared to survive that obstacle. Correct. Correct. And I think that's a great manner to, to make that statement succinct. Right. Um, as opposed to being like, oh, you know what? Patrol passes through here, you know, often enough. You know, if something goes wrong, they'll 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 pick me up. Yeah. And I've I, got a cell phone. It'll work. I, oh, my gosh. You're absolutely right. Oh, I've got a cell phone. And then you get into the car and you realize that despite the fact that you had set it on the charger last night, it didn't actually fully charge. And well, it's a simple fact that you're hiking. There's probably not cell towers. And there's no, you know, maybe there's no signal in this new area, despite the fact that, you know, the guidebook said there, there should be, right. You know, there's a number of things to, to that degree. Um, and I understand we cannot plan and prepare for everything, right? We, we simply can't. And if, and if you are an individual listening now who wants to head up that committee, that board, the organization, or your company, you cannot. You will be crippled, and you will never actually step foot on the trail, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter that argument. Okay. Because I don't, I don't believe that you can necessarily prepare for everything that's unexpected, mm -hmm. but you can prepare your skill set to overcome Anything. Well, and I think that that wouldn't be a counter. That's a clarification because I think that ultimately, you know, that's where I'm, I'm going in the conversation to say that are you adaptable? Do you have survival characteristics? Yes. Right. And do you have that contingency plan that allows you to fall back? And, and ultimately, um, where I really draw upon it with with our parent company is uh, obviously COVID came and uh, affected a lot of businesses. Yeah. And there were some businesses that just put up the white flag and they could no longer operate. Correct. Uh, they were unable to be, a, they were unadaptable, right? They did not, they were not able to pivot their model. They were uh, too, they had too much debt. Yep. <clears throat> and they had a business model that was not built on a solid foundation. Correct. Right? And so we threw a very large monkey wrench into it. Granted, it was, a, it was an exceedingly big monkey wrench. Oh, yeah. When you shut down an entire world, essentially. Right. Right, right, right. But ultimately... Many businesses cannot sustain that and are not prepared for that. Right. But this is what that's about. But this is what that's about because now we're, we're three quarters away into our hike and we have encountered a massive obstacle yeah. that we did not foresee. And so do we have the ability to be flexible enough not to break, but rigid enough to follow through 
on our process. Right. Right. We have enough tenacity, enough grit to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to pivot. I'm going to I I had mapped out a, an escape plan to say that, you know, I know that if I walk due west, I'm going to end up, uh, you know, with my compass, I'm going to end up on a road, yep. you know, whatever it might be in that regard. And so that's the idea is that we can't we can try to plan for everything, you know, within reason, but there's no way that anybody necessarily really knew that COVID was going to affect us the way that it did. Correct. Right. And so ultimately then do we have the skills built into our processes to say that we are adaptable, uh, we are resourceful and that, you know, we're not so far in over our head you know, I would say that it's uh, if I'm using my hiking analogy, did I pack an 18 pound sack for a day hike or, you know, and I'm saddled with debt that is dragging my business model down or did I, you know, did I pack an appropriate amount of resources that then made me prepare to self-rescue? Right. Right. And so it's that balancing act in in that conversation to say we're we're. We're three quarters of the way into that hike and something terrible has happened. Yep. Right. How do I survive? Yeah. And I, I counter it personally with not just survival, but I like to my own mantra, my own, you know, little thing that bores in the back of my brain. I want to thrive when other people are just trying to survive. It's very valuable to me as a business owner that I want to thrive. Yeah. Right. I don't want to see that situation as one that we're just barely going to have our, our nose above water, um, that we're just going to be barely within shouting distance of a highway from that hike. Right. I want to thrive. And, and yes, obstacles will arise, but uh, can I reasonably still move forward on our, our path or our goal? Correct. Right. So, uh, you know, for me, um, <clears throat> for me, we, it, it came about, I want to say three or four years into business specifically that this became so, so ab abundantly clear because I suppose I was just going through the motions to the best of my ability. Uh, each year we had an appropriate growth margin to say, Hey, something we're doing is right. Yeah. Uh, we're in the thick of things We're you know, we're an appropriate contender within our market, but we weren't thriving. Right. And uh, I kept turning to mentors, to planning organizations, to resources on, on the Internet. And I kept thinking, based on my conditioning, that somebody out there would have a roadmap that was, you know, this direct, succinct. Here's how you build a business. Yeah. And nobody did. Nope. Right. And like you said, those those perceived successful CEOs, all those mentors, all those different resources, 20 different you know resources, 20 different answers. Yep. Similarities, but not exactness. Yep. And so that's when it became very apparent to me that nobody was coming to rescue me. And if I created this environment, I had got other people on board. I had created a vision that other people saw and said, Hey, I'm willing to invest in that, whether it be, you know, actually monetarily, but socially, emotionally, physically, they want to be part of it. Yeah. How then do I fulfill this? Because 
I'm getting to this point where I just kind of feel like I was spinning my wheels. I, I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't have the traction. We didn't have the growth. We didn't have the, the roadmap ourselves. And I kept expecting our accountant to be able to do that, our business think tank to provide me that information for the government to have, you know, you know, the government tries through small business associations and whatnot, that they were going to have this roadmap and all these things. And, and none of them did. Right. And the problem specifically with our business is that we are a niche within a niche, right? So we're the automotive market as our parent company in this business that we're referencing. And while the automotive industry is, is, you know, fairly large, it's not, your classical retail experience, like, like you kind of were. And, right. and even still you actually have, you were furniture primarily in your retail experience, Yeah, but it's not like retail is in, you know, your standard department store. Right. Right. So, you know, we're automotive, uh, a level of service and retail, and then we only work on, you know, custom Jeeps. And so this was a very confusing, uh, business model when I tried to share it with perceived successful people. Yeah. Because it was just wasn't something they were familiar with. I was familiar with it because I was an enthusiast of our industry and of our market. And I knew that these businesses existed elsewhere in the country. Right. And I could identify them. And I did in our business model planning. And I, I picked out this one in Indiana and this one in Minnesota and this one down in Florida and here in Pennsylvania, you know, those types of things. But that still, I couldn't find a, a mentor. I couldn't find somebody who had that shared experience as, as I did right. to say, here's your next viable step. Here's, here's, I'm looking at your books. I'm looking at your, your business model. Oh, I see where you can really develop things here. Every person I spoke to had a different answer and they kept trying to pull me back into your standard auto service business model yep. or your traditional retail model yep. of which we're not, we're neither. Right. And then that was a challenge. And so this idea that I got to the point where I was like, nobody's coming to save me. Nobody has the golden goose answer. Right. So very, very interesting uh, for me to arrive at that through what I feel is very much walking through the fire. Absolutely. So with that said, Jeffrey, what is your experience? So when I first heard the term prepare to self-rescue was early 2000s. I was taking a course called Firefighter Survival. Okay. Um, at that time, you, you were trained that in the event of something going wrong in a house fire, you were on your own. Mm. This was before uh, rapid intervention teams were really well established, especially in the rural areas. And, sure. And uh, the volunteer fire departments, which is what I was part of, uh, did not really have much for rapid intervention teams at that time. Okay. So it was prepared to self-rescue. And this was training for if you were, let's say you fell through the floor. Yeah. You fell through the floor because it burned out. Well, now you're without half the tools. If you had a hose line, you don't have that anymore. Right. You're trapped in a room. You have no idea the layout of this house. You've never mm -hmm. been in it before. Mm -hmm. That's it's, a pretty worst case scenario, yeah, right? Filled with smoke. What do you do? And so this is a lot of that outside the box thinking. You don't just lay there and, and, and give up. 
You you could. I, I you guess. shouldn't be in the fire department I, if that's the case. You shouldn't be a business leader if that's the case. And there, there you go. There's that, right? So the the next thing you do well, that is, takes a tremendous amount of uh, of personal reflection. Yeah. Right. Because I, I suppose I I, was, I don't want to stop you, but I think that it's valuable to say that if if you're listening to us right now, and that is an unsettling statement. Right. It is. And it's one that I agree entirely with you. Right. If you think you're going to you're a firefighter and you are going to fall through the floor and and at that moment you're like, you know what, this is you know, this is it. I'm 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 good. God, I'm just going to lay here. Right. Yep. I, you know, maybe you've come to maybe you've come to some higher level of understanding this world than I have. But I think more realistically, you're not super well suited for the activity that you're choosing to do. And if you're listening to us and you're in that organization, you say, man, I'm really not. I'm not prepared to have those conversations. I'm not prepared to work those hours. And, and that might be for a number of different reasons. Yeah. Right? Um, and you might just have different priorities. But that, that might be the opportunity where you go, hey, this isn't for me. And yep. that's, that's a healthy identification. I, I think that's valuable to say, you know, and that's why not everybody's a firefighter. Right. And not everybody's a business owner. And not everybody's a professional athlete or so on and so forth. Correct. So go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt so, you, but I think it's a valuable. No, I hey, agree. That s- was you got to stop and self-identify. That was that was great, and that's a lot of the point of this. Sure. So in the situation that you're in this room trapped, and you fell through the ceiling, from the second floor maybe down to the first floor. Sure. What do you do? Well, you have to assess your your room that you're in, mm-hmm. and you're in the dark, so you're doing this by feel. Sure. Maybe you can't find a door, but you know that there's that hole that you fell through. Mm-hmm. Start punching holes in the drywall and climb the drywall. Hmm. There was a 300-pound man in our class. I'm like, they can't do that. Yeah. I watched it happen. Really? Watched it happen. So the things that you have to be prepared for, the skill sets, learning those skill sets. Right. Um, and, and then also I- ignoring fear. Accepting that you're going to be afraid, sure. but ignoring that. Yeah. Or using it to your advantage. Right. Because uh, the, another scenario that we trained for was... If you're on the second or third story, you've got a ladder to the window that you came up through, mm-hmm. and you're doing uh, search and rescue at this point. You're, you're looking for victims that are trapped in the house, mm-hmm. and they blow the three alarms, which means evacuate because it's going to collapse. Sure. Well, you have two options. A, you could continue to look for this victim, and you're probably going to get trapped, Right. which is not how it should be. Right. You have to self-rescue first. And then help others. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing is, well, you have to evacuate quickly. And the quickest way out is that ladder. You don't have time to try to position that ladder and start climbing down it. So what do you do? You're diving out the window, grabbing the ladder as you slide down it. Sure. I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. I'm not doing that. They're like, you don't have a choice because this is what's happening. This right. is the scenario you're in. Right. This is your only option. I'm like, I, I physically don't think I can do this. And they're like, just do it. You do, you, we practice the hand motions and you just you start sliding down the ladder head first. Mm-hmm. And then you do exactly as you're trained with your hands. You change the positions. And all of a sudden, you're on the ladder the right way. Sure. And you're climbing down like nothing happened. Yeah. And it was incredible. It was, it was uplifting. And at that moment is when I realized there really is no other option but yourself when you're in an emergency situation. Sure. You have to be prepared to self-rescue. Sure. And there may be other help coming. But you better be able to find yourself in a position that they can help you. Right. Well, and and I think it's, you know, in the scenario you're addressing, uh, you're in a training course. Mm -hmm. So that means that 
you know, there's there's a number of things happening here. One is that somebody's encountered this before, right? Yeah. And um, and we're learning from those similarities, right? Yes. We're learning from those 20 successful CEOs or our perception of success. Yep. We're learning from those firefighters who've made it out, yep. right? And um, and and maybe we're learning from the ones who who didn't. You Correct. Know? Um, we're seeing we're seeing the the opportunity, the teachable moment in in both the positive and the negative. Right. And and we're in a in a position of preparation, right? So you're taking this training course to ensure that you know that you have those skills at a later date. Right. Right. And so this idea that. I'm going to recognize the fear of diving through the window towards the ladder, but that within reason, I have tried to tame it. I, I've tried to address that fear. Yep. And now, uh, you know, I, I know you use the word ignore it. I know that. Yes, that's right. Ignore I mean, it, but use it to your advantage. I also know that you would say you'd use it to your advantage. You know that it's there. But I'm going to move past it. I'm going to move through it. I'm going to, you know, use the term ignore it. And I'm I'm going to dive out that window anyways because, reasonably speaking, I've been here before. Yep. I've readied myself to the best of my ability. Do I know the exact outcome? Am I going to put my hands in the right spot that doesn't fling me off the ladder? I don't know. But No, but you have to understand that your chance of survival is better by try taking that risk sure. than staying in and taking the other risk. Exactly. Now, exactly. the other thing with that that was very important to me in learning and, and understanding that how it relates to business is they would take away tools that you had in that training. Mm. So you might go in with a halligan bar, an axe, a couple other tools. Maybe you had some rescue rope. But when they dropped you through that floor, they took away some of those tools. Interesting. Some of them got fell out of your pocket. Sure. You let, lost grip as you fell. Sure. Whatever happened. So you never knew what tools you would have or wouldn't have, no matter sure. how prepared you went into it. Right. Well, and in business, you could be prepared with all the tools in the world. Yes. But if you haven't sharpened that axe, yes. you don't have that skill set. Yes. Those tools aren't going to do you any good. A hundred percent. And and I think that uh, realistically speaking, you know, and, and again, folks, we're, we're having these conversations and we're going to talk a lot about le uh, business entrepreneurship, but it has a lot to do with just leadership and self-development because yes. ultimately we see this scenario happen to us in COVID, right? I mean, 100% as a society, and we're still dealing with those effects. I, I think COVID is the most relatable one to that scenario because nobody knew that was coming. Nobody knew. Nobody knew what to do in that situation. Yep. We did not have the tools. The only tools, things fell out of our pocket as we continued to, to fall through the floor. Correct. You know, the people that survived were the ones that had developed skill sets to push forward no matter what. Right. And, and, you know, and it's a sensitive subject to talk about COVID and how it affected our global society. And we, we recognize that, folks. We're not making uh, any geopolitical conversations about it one way or the other. We're talking about it on a deeply personal level to say that uh, the folks that who did physically healthy, you know, in a healthy manner, make it through uh, COVID shutdowns and, you know, the social norms that that did or didn't affect us. What were some of those things, right? Was it blatant? Was it blatantly ignoring processes? Was it, you know, fully accepting things, you know, that kind of stuff. But the idea that we couldn't have foreseen this, yep. it affected everyone on a shared level. Um, you had tools when you went into it, whether it was a job or uh, public transportation or, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden that was all kind of just 
taken away, gone. Yep. You know, and so the people who were depending on where you lived, you lost the ability to go shopping. Correct. You couldn't even go to get groceries unless you were following a strict limitation and pass system. Yes. That take away a major tool in life. Right. The ability to go get groceries. Right. And and we as as humans want that hiking trail. Like we want that fire search and rescue to go appropriately. We want it to go best case scenario. Absolutely. But that's not always the case, right? And right. that's what this conversation is about. And so we're we're not recognize you know, we are recognizing the fact that unforeseen circumstances will happen. And it is that moment are we as prepared as we can be and is our uh, is our men, our mental state, our, is our, our business model, is our leadership expectations, do those ends uh, justify the means? And I think the mental state comment is, is very important because if you look at this as, oh, I'm the victim, you know, I the floor collapsed because my partner didn't tell me that it was yes. soft or yes. this happened because of that. Or yes. I tripped over their, their laundry that they left out on the floor as I was doing the search. So that's, that's why I fell through, mm-hmm. you know, you blame everything else. You're not taking in your own accountability. Right. And then just finding a way through it. Yes. Because you're too focused on who did it to you. Yes. And that, that goes for everyone in life right yes. now. It could be, The fact that somebody cuts you off in traffic while you're listening to this very podcast and your, your, your perspective on the day has soured because I can't believe that person cut me off. Listen, you know, that's not, that's not the appropriate focus of the mental state that prepares you to self-rescue. Correct. Right. And so, um, you know, it's the idea of, of, of taking names and kicking butt. And, and I do genuinely believe that that is part of a successful individual, right? Yeah. Now, there's a cooperative effort to say, hey, I'm part of a fire team, right? I, I You can't just kick names and take butt and be a rando who walks in off the well, street you're always and runs have into the fire. You're Do you always going mean? to have a team. And that's the thing, right? So there's the difference. We use that. You can't um, not be a seasoned you know, outdoors person or hiker and be like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go for a 15 mile walk in the woods today in a a territory I'm not familiar with. That's, you know, those are baseless pursuits. Yep. You know, you're not setting yourself up for success. And and even if, even if you use the buddy system with hiking and you take somebody out on that 15 mile hike, sure. Things can go wrong and you can be separated. Mm -hmm. You still have to be prepared to self rescue. Even if you have your team with you. Sure. Sure. And I think that, you know, for me, that's one that it was interesting to hear you say when you were uh, most familiarized with the, you know, with the term. And I have to, I, it jogged for me, jogged some memories to go, you know, I was in outdoor uh, leadership and, and I'm going, hey, is that where I heard of it? And, and, you know, reading these magazines about people who were doing the mount, you know, mountain climbing or extreme skiing. I mean, look and at Everest. To... How many stories came out of Everest of the people that prepared to self-rescue versus those that are still frozen to the mountains? Sure, sure. <laughs> Waiting for the helicopter to arrive, you know, or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I'm trying to identify that, or I know certainly in our world of off-roading and, you know, kind of adventuring, this concept of if my vehicle breaks down or my campsite is disturbed, um, you know, if I get a flat or a part breaks, how am I getting, you know, back 
to to society. Yep. You know, how am I getting back? How am I getting this vehicle and my my party back to where I, I, yeah. I came from? And so I'm really trying to figure out, man, where did I hear that term? Like I said, it wasn't uh, it wasn't until a few years into my my business experience that it became so formative for me. Right. Right. Because I think that while I don't think I've ever identified with a victim mentality, I was I was that person who who randomly went for that 15 mile hike when I started this business. Yeah. I wasn't I I I was not fully prepared. I was interested. I had tried having the conversations with the small dis, small business development groups. I had some loose mentors in the process, but I was not fully invested. I was not, you know, I had not done the the road mapping yeah. that really it required. And I think that that's where um the the fact that Simply, I'm I'm just too dumb to give up is really the the, the piece. Yeah. Where then I I eventually settled on, hey, I I've I've got myself into this hole. I got to dig myself out. You know, and that's unique to me. That's not everybody's experience. Well, you know? and I think for me, while I learned it in the fire department and I understood it well for that application in business, it wasn't until I was managing a store in Syracuse, New York. I took over the store. And the warehouse uh, was absolutely packed full of scratch and dent. Okay. The, the showroom was a mess. There was scratch and dent everywhere, uh, which was just damaged products that had been returned or came in damaged. They had, um, when I say thousands, I mean thousands of boxes from promo items over the years of uh, little things that we would sell for $5, 10 $15, okay. whether they were like coat racks or shoe racks, whatever, sure, just sure. little accessory items yeah. that were real cheap. Yeah. And they, they literally had all of this hoarded in there and they just weren't getting rid of it. They weren't getting rid of it. They weren't showcasing it. They weren't doing anything with it. Sure. Well, I went in, took over the store and I was like, what did I get myself into? Right. And I kept asking the company for help, asking for resources, asking for this, yes. asking for that. Yes. Um, in that time, there was a lot of structural change in the company. So I was on my third regional manager when I learned the lesson. Right. My third regional manager came in. I was about a year at the store. He came in, looked at the store, and goes, wow, you've got a mess here. I'm like, I know. I've been asking for help. He's like, as far as I'm concerned, you've had the store for a year. It's your problem now. Sure. And I went, huh, you're right. I have had the store for a year. Why haven't I fixed it? Yes. And yes. at, at that point, I realized I had to prepare to self-rescue and I understood how that related to business. Yeah. I think that as we move into a second series, I think we have to look at it um, from somebody who we want to coach through uh, this because I think that there might be some people listening right now uh, who are going to identify with what you what, what you just said there and said, yes, but my, my upper management isn't letting me do this. And I've asked for these resources and I'm not receiving this. And that was my exact answer. And, and I think that in our second series, we're going to need to prepare a little bit more of our conversation and say, what if you are a person who's actively uh, believes there are obstacles in your ability to self-rescue? And I think that this the world that we live in, we... You know, our, through our conversations about some of these less discussed concepts, this idea that, um, you know, while we have had these these unique experiences, uh, 
I think it'd be interesting to look at it from that uh, that alternate side and go, okay, for that person who's in that moment to go, hey, I just I just bought this business and I wasn't disclosed all of these these aspects of it, and right. now I'm within my first three, six, eight, nine, ten months. And, and all of this is is crashing down on me because I just I just got onto this committee and there's all these problems. Yep. I I can't self rescue yet. So I think that that's maybe what we're going to do uh, for for part two. And so folks, you're going to want to make sure that you join us for that. We're going to look at it not just from that you know grit our teeth and bear it, which you know Jeffrey and I have both done. We're on this side of the of the experience for a number of these things, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna try and and put ourselves back in that position and say, okay, I feel very much consumed by this moment. Well, and I'll expand on that story with actually what, what it took and how we resolved the issue there. Excellent. Um, Excellent. As yeah. we proceed into that. Yeah, I think, and, and we'll probably, you know, turn back to our analogies of hiking or firefighting or whatever it might be. Uh, excellent, excellent information. And I hope that, that folks, you are getting something positive and understand that from our experience that you can self-rescue. So if you are one of those people who is caught in that moment, if you are me in, in 2013 or 2014, where you are at your depths of, uh, of brokenness going, what did I get myself into? We're going to try and address that. Yeah. Right. We're we going to take a moment and uh, quote of the week. Yeah. My favorite. Let's do part. it. And this is my world now. So the quote of the week, a lighthouse doesn't save the ships. It doesn't go out and rescue them. It's just this pillar that helps to guide people home. Leah Michelle. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. A lighthouse doesn't save the ships, you know, and that that's wild to, to think about that, to say, you know, it's a guidebook, right? Yep. And, and ultimately, um, you, you have know, to know how to use it. You have to know how to use it. You have to be, you still have to captain your ship. Yep. Right? You can recognize that this resource exists. Uh, you have to be familiar as you pull into a different port that maybe you've not been to before and look for it. But that um, it in, a, in of itself is not going to steer your ship into safe harbor. Correct. And you How need to cool. understand the skill set. You have to have that skill set to captain that ship still. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I were... Go out on a ship. I don't have that skill set. I'd see the I'd see the lighthouse. Yes, I'm still crashing the ship on the rocks. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. I couldn't tell you. And again, I don't have that skill set. Exactly what you're saying. You know, I I know what a lighthouse is supposed to do. Yep. But I would be you know tremendously misplaced if yep. I was supposed to go to a port on the other side of Lake Erie and dock a ship. Yeah. I, the heck I, do I know? Exactly. And, and looking at the lighthouse from a distance in the dark. Well, how far out is the lighthouse supposed to be? Yeah, how do you judge that it. distance in the dark? Yes. You know, those are things that you have to have that skill set yeah. for. Fantastic quote as usual, Jeffrey. I always appreciate that. One more time. A lighthouse doesn't save the ships. It doesn't go out and rescue them. It's just this pillar that helps to guide people home. 
How cool. Folks, uh, we hope that we act as a guide for you. Uh, we hope that, you know, our light, our experiences help shine, you know, on, on you and your, you know, whatever you're going through, whatever you're hoping to accomplish. Helps to see the rocks ahead. Yes, absolutely. And, and identify them. Also understanding that, you know, you can, you can guide your ship to safe harbor. We don't have all the answers. We don't have the ability to captain your ship, but we can tell you about our experiences and help work through those processes yourself. We've got some great upcoming episodes. Obviously, we're going to turn this into part two for those of you who are listening, who are in the thick of your process as you prepare to self-rescue yourself. Our upcoming list of episodes is just expanding rapidly. We, we keep It keeps <laughs> I, growing. I've got like... 20 different episodes listed on our notes right now as to, so we don't lose track of topics that we've come Jeffrey up with. Jeffrey and I message each other at <laughs> night or in the morning, woke up, and we're like, oh, we got to do this. Or or honestly, folks who have reached out to us and said, hey, you know, I really appreciate you talking about this. Uh, what do you guys, you know, think about this situation? Or yep. how do you address this? And we're going to we're gonna bring some of those up here in the future. Uh, one of them talking about uh, a, a message that I just sent you over the weekend. Okay. That was, that was actually from one of our listeners who emailed us. So I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it like that and tease it like that. Yes, absolutely. Folks, we believe that the American dream is not dead, that you too can experience growth and forward progress through that, that old ideologue of the bootstrap mentality that uh, with the appropriate network and the right uh, perspective that you too can achieve success in this culture, this community that we live in. We thank you for being part of it. You can, of course, join us in that conversation on that text only number 440-855-2100. Or you can email Jeff directly at J-E-F-F-C at S-F-J-4x4.com. Until next week, folks, get hungry. And stay hungry. And this is my the American dream is not dead. We want to help you along the way. With over 40 years of combined leadership experience, we want to help you succeed. Share your stories, ask us questions, and believe in the American dream. Through heart and hustle, we will show you the path of success and hopefully have a little fun along the way. You can email us at jeffc at sfj4x4.com or text us at 440-855-2100. Until next time, lead with your heart and keep hustling. This is my world.